Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Okay, guys. I am really excited about today because I love talking about anything to do with Christmas. No matter how old I've gotten, I love Christmas. So funny because my mum now, she never puts up a Christmas tree. She's like, I can't be bothered. What's the reason for it anyway? And I'm like, what? That what? Mom, you're being the Grinch. You're being the Grinch. You're stealing the Christmas spirit. Um, I think even if I lived alone and, um, you know, I was by myself, I would still put up a Christmas tree just to entertain myself and make my house look beautiful, invite lots of people over. I love Christmas. My tree goes up in November. Don't judge me. But all the people from Adelaide will know what I'm talking about when I talk about the Christmas pageant. If you don't know what the Christmas pageant is and you live in another state, you are completely missing out on life on Christmas. Look it up. I can't, I won't even explain it here, but it's, um, It's amazing. Father Christmas comes the day that the pageant comes to town and everyone in Adelaide puts up their Christmas tree. They should put up their Christmas tree on the same day, which is usually around the beginning of November, I think around the 10th or the 11th. So yes, my Christmas tree goes up that early. But what I want to talk about today, one of my GND listeners gave me the idea, like, I'm surprised I haven't thought about it. But how do we tell, is there a right or a wrong way to talk to our kids about Christmas and Santa? Like, are we telling our kids a lie to tell them that Santa is true? You know, is it okay to invest in make-believe? You know, how do we talk about it? So that's what I want to unpack today. Um, And, you know, everyone's going to have their own opinions again, but I'll just talk about my experience, which I am coming at you from three angles today from um, as a mum but as a pastor and also as a teacher, try mixing those three around Christmas time. Um, But, you know, whenever it comes to Father Christmas, Easter Bunny, Tooth Fairy, they always seem to bring controversy of people that are like, no, I've always, you know, I've never told my kids to believe in them. They make believe right through to people that are like, no, my kids believe in them and they're 12 and they still believe in them. So to have Santa or not to have Santa, there always seems to be the Grinch in every kind of community who seems to want to steal all the magic and make believe of Christmas. My brain is literally going wild with experiences because I've literally seen and heard it all as a mum, teacher and pastor. And I will share some of those stories today. Um, I have been at the butt end of many unhappy parents um, because some are so opinionated and, um, you know, they really feel strongly about this whole Christmas thing. So let's start here. What was your personal experience growing up? Like, were you told that Santa was real? Did you believe in Santa? Did your parents tell you he wasn't real and spoiled all the fun for you? I remember I would have been about five and I heard my mum whispering to my sister. She said something like, shh, don't tell Renee that Father Christmas isn't real. She doesn't know because clearly I'm younger than my sister. And I remember hearing that and thinking, 
Yes, I do know that he's not real. I have no idea how I knew. I think I just was pretty intuitive, pretty young. I just feel like I always knew he wasn't real, but I still kind of loved the whole concept. And I didn't tell my mum though. I didn't tell my mum that I knew because I didn't want to spoil it for her because I thought it was cute that she thought that I thought that Santa was real. Um, so that pretty much sums me up as a kid. I was super sensitive to other people's feelings. And because my mum thought I thought he was real, I didn't want to spoil it for her. Kind of wrong way around, right? I know. Um, now, as a pastor, I remember one parent one day lost the plot over Christmas, over Father Christmas, because another child said something about Father Christmas not being real on a Sunday in kids church and the teacher quickly tried to change the conversation but it was too late you know when it just it just comes out of a kid's mouth and it's too late there's just no going back and this little child went crying to her mum afterwards that she couldn't believe that Santa wasn't real. And the next thing the mum comes up to us and literally goes off her nut that we've just spoiled her child's childhood. And I just remember thinking, wow, wow, people get very emotional about this topic. So I kind of had to try and, you know, calm everyone down. And this is the thing. Kids are really honest. They will, uh, they will blurt their opinion out. So you can't be precious about it. You kind of got to be prepared for that and not, not, not blame someone else for taking your child's childhood away. Now try being a teacher of preps. You guys know I've been a teacher for, um, for a long time. And I, I was the head of prep, um, in the school in Adelaide. I taught preps here in Brisbane. Now try being the teacher of preps in a Christian school. Some families are adamant that we shouldn't lie. Others believe in every fantasy from East, from, from Santa to the Easter bunny until inappropriate ages like 12. And the thing is kids do talk about this with one another. And they think that every other kid in the class believes the same thing as what they do. So the next minute, they start having a conversation and then I'm left shushing everyone left, right and center. So as a teacher, I learned very quickly to say that every family have their own beliefs. So why don't you go home and talk to your mum and dad about what you believe? So let me just give you this hint right here. Your kid is going to hear something different from other kids at school or at kindy or at church. So you just need to prepare them for that and go, you're going to hear all sorts of things. Different people believe different things about Christmas. So there you go. Just deal with that one that way. Now, there was one time where I could not go along with a parent. I think I might have shared this before, but we had this mum in this school that I taught at in Adelaide right at the start of my teaching career, and she wouldn't let her daughter, um, she wouldn't let her use or look at any books or color in any pictures that were animated pictures of Jesus, which hello, that's like every single picture that a kid ever sees because um, there are no photographs exist of Jesus. Okay. So any, most things that you do when kids are little is, you know, animated, but she believed that that was idolatry and her daughter was only allowed to view 
actual photos of real items that might have belonged to Jesus, such as the robe he might have worn or the shoes he probably wore or what the cross would have looked like that he hung on. And so she believed anything else was idolatry. She certainly did not let her believe in Santa. And I remember her coming to me and asking me not to let her child ever see any pictures in a book or a coloring in book that were not, you know, real life pictures, because that was idolatry. Now, as a teacher in a Christian school at Christmas or around Christmas time, our days were literally filled with picture books and coloring in of Christmas. So I politely told her that our school might not be the right school for her and that no, I could not accommodate that. And then I was nervous thinking, oh my gosh, my principal's going to kill me. So I went and told my principal and he's like, well done. I'm glad you told her that. They left the school. I think not that year. I must say they stayed that year and they left the year after. So what have Cameron and I done with our kids? I feel like we came up with a really good strategy and I'm really excited to share this um, because, um, yeah, like I guess I did think this through when my kids were really little, like, you know, what, what angle do we want to take? Because I believe, and this is probably my teacher side, but I believe that make-believe is actually wonderful for children. Make-believe is a huge part of children's childhood. I mean, watch them play. They use make-believe all the time. You know, they pretend they can do all sorts of things. It's, it's actually part of their development. And I believe that childhood should be magical. Um, one of the ways that I used to teach my preppies to read was through fairy tales because of the rhyme and the rhythm that fairy tale books usually have because they were already familiar with the stories. And the first part of reading is actually um, looking at pictures and being able to verbalize a story. So fairy tales are really powerful, but it doesn't mean you have to lie about Christmas. So let me show you what we did because I think this is pretty clever. Now, anyone with kids will know this to be true. When children see anyone dressed up or, you know, a character in a movie or on TV or puppets, they actually think they're real. Have you ever watched children watch a puppet show? Like they're not looking at the people behind or the strings on the marionette. They literally think that the puppets are real and they just delight in watching them. They'll laugh and they'll squeal and they're so engaged and there's nothing wrong with that. It's actually um, a healthy part of their development. So do you want to burst every bubble and spoil every moment by reminding them that everything they're seeing is not true? Like, do you want to be the Grinch? <laughs> So do you want to remind them? I mean, do we do that for anything else? Do we say to them when they watch a movie, oh, that's not real? Do we tell them when we read a book, oh, that character in the book is not real? Or when they watch TV, oh, that character isn't real? By the way, guys, Spider-Man can't swing on a web and Wonder Woman doesn't fly an invisible plane and Superman can't fly. Like that's being the Grinch, right? We let children be children because make-believe is a huge part of their childhood. So let me show you how you can not lie about Father Christmas, but still let them have the magic and the fun of Christmas. Okay, firstly, obviously, um, especially being Christian parents, it, we should tell children every year, 
the real meaning of Christmas, okay? So tell stories about Jesus' birth and Mary and Joseph going to Bethlehem and the wise men and the shepherds and the star. Go to Curong, get a whole heap of books, read them the story, read from the Bible, make sure they know the real meaning of Christmas. But then secondly, what I did, what we did with Santa was this, and maybe this is because of my background with, um, with teaching as well. But I always would tell my kids that once upon a time, there was a very first Father Christmas who was a real man and a wonderful man. And all the other Father Christmases that we see are a reminder to us of the very first Father Christmas. Is that not genius? Because you're not lying. That is actually true. I'll tell you in a minute, in case you don't know that the first Father Christmas was real, I'll tell you in a second. But what it does is it allows children to come to their own conclusion when their minds are ready to process it. Because you can actually tell a kid that, you know, Father Christmas is um, you know, that all the Father Christmases we see are, are a reminder of the real Father Christmas that once lived. But if they're not ready to understand, they will still think that every Father Christmas they see is real. But you also are not lying to them. And then when they're ready, they will compute like, oh, that Father Christmas is a dress up. But it's still very magical and amazing because they know that Father Christmas that they're looking at, the fake one, the dress up one, is actually came about because of a real man who went about doing good. Do you think that's great? I I always felt like that was a good strategy. So I let them keep their make-believe and I never lied to them. Now, in case you don't know, Father Christmas actually originated from St. Nicholas, Uh, Now, it was either Germany or Holland, I can't remember, and he was actually a man that lived way back in the 4th century, and he was a very kind man and a very rich man, and he used to go about buying secret gifts uh, for the people who needed it. And so he became known as Saint Nick, Saint Nicholas, and then um, Father Christmas originated from that. See, I call that win, win, win. You're not lying, but yet you're allowing them to retain the magic of make-believe. And then on top of that all, you're enforcing the true spirit of Christmas, which is about kindness and giving and love. And so um, that's what I used to do at school. I used to always, we did a Christmas unit every year. Um, And so I think that's where this came from, because in a Christian school, I had to justify my program from a Christian worldview, including art and including any Christmas stuff we did. So when I was, you know, doing fun Father Christmas stuff, I could justify from a Christian worldview because I had taught the kids about the very first St. Nicholas. Now, the other thing that I want to help you guys out with, and you might or might not know, but the, the Christmas tree is actually also full of elements that remind us of the true meaning of Christmas. So I want to give you a few of these because this is the other thing that I would teach my kids is when we put up the Christmas tree, the world have actually taken that and made that quite a secular thing. People just look at a Christmas tree and they think of Christmas and you put up the decorations. But if you know the truth, there is so much Christianity 
behind every tradition to do with Christmas, even the hanging up with stockings, but especially the Christmas tree. And so when you put the Christmas tree up at your house, it is yet another powerful way to reinforce your values, your biblical values. Um, And even if you're not a Christian, it still is a good thing to teach them because it reinforces good values about kindness and love and all the things that Christmas reminds us of. So let me teach you a few of these. Now, the Christmas tree itself, this is meant to be... um, the the symbol of Christ himself. And I think it was in Germany where the first Christmas tree started being decorated. But the Christmas tree was chosen because it's triangular in shape, which means it's got the three points and that represents the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And also the fact that Christmas trees, now we have fake ones, but a lot of people go and chop down the real ones and have a real one in their house. And the fact that a tree is alive and green actually represents the new life that we have in Jesus. How beautiful is that? All right, what about the Christmas wreath that you hang up on your door? The Christmas wreath was meant to um, represent the throne that was worn by Jesus on the cross, and the red berries on the Christmas wreath represent his blood. Now, I bet you didn't know that candy canes have a Christian meaning. I remember finding out this one and thinking, surely, I mean, candy cane is just a red and white striped cane, which is peppermint flavored, which is a lolly. How did this come about? But again, the reason behind candy canes was the shape is the shape of the good shepherd staff, Jesus being our good shepherd. And they're red and white because, hello, the red is Jesus' blood and the white represents our hearts being washed clean after he died on the cross and shed his blood. Now, what about the lights on a Christmas tree? Back in the old days, they actually used to use candles. Uh, Yeah, a little bit dangerous. So obviously we use lights. And of course, those lights represent that Jesus came as the light of the world. The star on top, well, that's pretty self-explanatory. That reminds us of the star that appeared when Jesus was born and that guided the wise men to where baby Jesus lay. Um, What about bells. This is an interesting one. I had to look this one up. I was like, hang on a second. What do bells mean? These have actually been used for centuries to announce the beginning of the Christmas season. And they actually symbolize the announcement of Jesus' birth when the angels in heaven praised God for Jesus' birth. So it's like, you know, when you make an announcement, you ring the bell. So it kind of is representative of that announcement that the angels made of Jesus' birth. And then, of course, we've got um, gift giving. So the reason that we give gifts is because it's, well, the most important thing is it's the reminder that Jesus was God's gift to the world. And also we're mimicking the wise men who brought gifts of frankincense, gold and myrrh to baby Jesus. And of course, it um, reinforces that value of, of love. So... And there are many more that you could look up yourself, but Christmas traditions actually provide us with so many reminders of Jesus. So um, the funny thing is, I was thinking about it though, because we used to always leave out when my kids were little, we left out the cookies, the milk and the carrot stick for Father Christmas. 
And of course, when the kids were asleep, Cameron would have a swig of the milk. I'd bite the carrot stick and we'd, you know, chew off half the cookie. So when they woke up, it looked like Father Christmas had come. And, you know, but the funny thing is we never, like they, they'd get so excited, like, oh my gosh, Father Christmas has come. But we never pretended that he left gifts behind. Like we never put gifts under the tree that were specifically from Santa. Um, I don't know why. I never really thought about it. And yet again, my kids never put two and two together. They never asked any questions. They never kind of said, well, hang on, mom, if Father Christmas came and ate the cookies and the milk and had the, the reindeers had the carrot stick, then how come, where, where are our presents? They always knew that the presents were from Cameron and I. So again, I think when they were too, too young, they just didn't think about it and the magic was still there. And when they got old enough to realize, they just kind of went along with the fun. And so, yeah, I I just feel like you don't need to get too stressed about it, but just decide what you want to do for your family. But just don't stress um, that you're lying to them. Because like I said, I'm pretty sure I came up with a good genius idea of that, that once upon a time, there was a real Father Christmas called St. Nicholas, and he was a really good man. And all the Father Christmases we see are reminders of him. And when they're old enough, they will have the, the epiphany, oh, Father Christmases aren't real, but while they're still young, they they just they do believe in these things. They they make they believe in make believe, and it's not a bad thing. So if you have got any questions about Christmas, hit me up. But that's kind of the view that we always took. Um, I also used to do an advent calendar with each of the kids. They loved it. Of course, their favorite one was when they could open up one chocolate every day. But then some years I tried to do things where I would leave a message each day where they had to do something nice for each other. To be honest, they really didn't like that as much. (laughs) I was trying to instill a little bit of kindness in them. Um, But my kids are pretty good with each other anyway. But they're like, mom, can we just have the chocolate advent calendar? I'm like, sure. So I think Christmas is beautiful, magical. And um, I know for some of you, it's maybe a stressful Christmas, but you know what? Don't let anyone take the joy of this season from you. Don't let anything that's happening in our world right now take the joy. You create the joy in your family and in your household. And I promise you, that is just so powerful. It's such a powerful way to protect your kids from what's going on right now is for them to feel safe um, in the four walls of your family home. So create traditions and enjoy this Christmas season. Thank you guys so much for being with me. I love you all so much. And um, also thank you because we are just celebrating a hundred thousand downloads. I am blown away. And that's because of you guys. And I'm just getting more and more messages all the time of you guys sharing this. And I know people all around the world now are listening and um, I'm so grateful. So anyway, have a wonderful week and I will be back with you next Wednesday. Bye.